Hi, and welcome to episode 85 of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher at iPhone Life. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor at iPhone Life. Today, we're bringing a special live episode to you for WWDC, that's Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference held every June, where we get new software updates for our iPhones, iPads, Apple Watches, and Macs. And so the event just wrapped up and we wanna cover everything that was announced with you, tell you what we think was cool, what we wished Apple had done differently. And since this is a live recording, we wanna hear from you guys too. What did you think of the announcement? And uh, what are some of the questions you have? We'll be taking your questions as we go along. Uh, before we jump into the episode, we want to tell you about our sponsor. We've got Skosh with their magic mount David wants to tell you about. Yeah, so Skosh has a really awesome product. And basically what it is, is it's called the magic mount. They have a whole line. I'm holding my hand if you're watching the stream, the magic mount pro. And what it does is it both charges your phone, uh, wirelessly and it magnetically uh, sticks to their charger to be a dock as well. And they have a whole line of these products that works in your car, in your home, in your office. Uh, and what how it works is you have a small magnetic plate that you can either stick on your phone, either behind your case, or they actually have cases that are built into it. Uh, and then using that magnetic plate, it magnetically sticks to the charger, wirelessly charges, really awesome product. Uh, we will have a link to it at iphonelife.com slash podcast, uh, or you can attempt to Google Skosh. It's hard word to spell. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but I will spell it for you there in you the go. podcast <laughs> blog post. So. so yeah, if you need any wireless charging slash docking solutions, Skosh is great to check out. So we're going to jump first in with iOS 12. That is the update for your iPhones and iPads, of course. Uh, so let's go over first what some of the top updates were and then get into what we think of them. Mm -hmm. So Sarah, what were some of your favorite features? Um, I liked the, uh, the feature that deals with, well, it's a suite of features really because it involves a few apps, but the, the feature that deals with digital health um, that lets you sort of manage your, the stream of incoming notifications and you know, customize, do not disturb a bit more so that it's not just because currently you can only have it on, you know, at one time or you have to turn it on and off manually. And um, so there's some more features that way. And then, you know, the, the weekly summary that basically the screen time feature that basically shames you into changing your <laughs> iPad and iPhone habits. So I'm sure that will have a big impact on me. I know. I was really interested. This was one of the rumors I didn't hear about until more recently that Apple was going to be having a digital health feature that would help you manage your phone addictions, which I think is just really interesting. Um, I'm really curious when this is enabled, what it's going to be telling me about my Instagram usage. Mm -hmm. I know David was saying he's worried about Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> um, but did you guys understand, was it something that's gonna we're gonna find in the settings app or is this something that will be its own app? That I wasn't they totally sure about. They make it clear. I think it'll be in the settings app, very yeah. similar to like your battery usage. And yeah. honestly, you can get a pretty clear idea of your which app you're using right now if you go into your battery usage settings. But yes. what's cool about this was sort of how to give you a detailed weekly summary. And it also did a great job of, uh, letting you actually monitor this live. So that you could set budgets for apps and it could warn you if you were getting close to the end, things like that, which I thought were much more proactive features than they currently have. Yeah, like I thought, for instance, if I'm on face on Instagram, it showed an example of a notification popping up that says, you have four minutes left of your daily allowance for Instagram. And just to let you know that mm -hmm. so that, you know, of course you can use it longer if you want to, but you know that you're going over what you've intended for yourself for that specific app. Now, I'm really interested in, because you can, along with some other limits, using family sharing, set these limits for your kids as That's well. That's what I was going to say. That's where I think and, it gets um, really powerful. Yeah, for sure. Um, because there's really no way to control. I mean, you can, if you have an older teenager, it's really hard to control how they're using their phone. It's not really reasonable to restrict them just through the restrictions settings and also 
considering that it's our, one of our most popular posts, using restrictions passcodes is a bad idea because our most popular post is how to recover that lost <laughs> uh, passcode. I know. Um, so I'm I'm actually excited about this because I, I think it's something when you have an older teenager, I can sit down. with my older teenager and actually like go through those with her and allow her to have some say but also you know exercise some control and hopefully she can like sleep better and be less moody and, and for, and for <laughs> younger thinking. children too this has been a long time coming and yeah. having the ability to set budgets for uh is that what they're calling budgets they had a time word limits. time limits mm -hmm. but they had another word too that was a little bit unique uh but having set time limits for games so that if, if you have a, a younger allowances. child allowances, allowances. There you, go. you had a younger child who has uh, a, a device or they're using your device you can set an allowance so they're not just sitting there gaming all day and there is something really powerful too about having to be like well the phone says it as opposed to like having to like sit there and try to enforce it yourself yeah and this if I understood correctly, we'll actually cut you off if it's a parental control. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it has things, you know, uh, it'll allow both you to control the amount of time used on certain apps, and then also you can just choose like a few websites that they're allowed to visit. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah, especially with younger kids. But I, I will say, to me, this is one half of the parental control suite that we were hoping for. And in the offense, in the office especially, we've been talking about this a lot. Managing device usage is really important. It's yeah. really great that they added it. Multi-user management right. on device is so needed. And they, yeah. I mean, we've well, been asking for this for like three, four years now. It would be great to have a guest mode because, you know, if you let, especially like a younger child who doesn't necessarily have their own device, if you let them play games on your phone and you've set a limit for yourself, they're going to use up your limit. Like, yeah. And I don't want to be deprived of my games, right? Well, and you want so to be able to have parental. Oh, if this works best, doesn't it, in a family where people have their separate devices? Yeah. Because through family sharing, you can have a setup for your different children's devices, and that is tailored specifically for them, which is nice. But as what you're saying is, if you have a family iPad, for instance, this isn't going to solve the problem. Exactly. You. Exactly. You want to be able to set restrictions on what websites they can visit and what apps they can use and right. how much per person using the device. And this doesn't quite cover that. Uh, we have a question here from Sylvester because we're doing our first live podcast. Uh, did you get the impression that there could be a different time limit for different groups of apps? Yes, I saw they had games as one of the apps. Uh, as one of the groups, so they had different groups. I think you can do it per app as well. Mm -hmm. So it gives you a lot of controls that way is what it looked like. Yeah. Um, how about you, Donna? What was your favorite or one of your favorite iOS 12 features? I was interested in the do not disturb uh, feature for bedtime. One of the features that we were talking about in the office as being uh, something that needs extra functionality is do not disturb. When mm -hmm. do, just for anyone who's listening and doesn't real know, do not disturb lets you silence notifications and you can set that up at certain times of day. Uh, we wanted to see that to be location-based, which we partially got with this feature. <laughs> so do not disturb. Now you can set up uh, for bedtime and that will make it so that during the night you don't get notifications. And then they had a nice morning view, which that was really what I liked. It's a simple feature, but it shows you the temperature, the date, and it's just a nice welcoming screen instead of waking up to a whole bunch of notifications and feeling overwhelmed by that. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that you can now 3D touch Do Not Disturb in Control Center, or you will be able to when you have iOS 12 on your phone, which for also any of you listening, we won't have iOS 12 until the fall. This was just a debut of what the features will be. There should unless be a public beta, beta though, right? Yeah, unless you use the public beta, which... Uh -huh. Uh, did they say when that's going to be released? They I didn't, didn't say, they didn't say didn't that. didn't say. Now, they did say that the developer beta is available today. So that's certainly They very usually ready. announce a public beta, though. That's a little yes, interesting. I think they typically, my memory, am I wrong in thinking they usually release the public beta when they announce the iPhone? Yes, no. you are wrong. Yeah, usually, usually it was like it was like mid to end of June. Oh, you're right. No, 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 beta. And right, they usually right. announce it. So I'm wondering, yeah. they don't always... Have a public it's beta. It's not like a guarantee that we're going to get a yeah. public beta. But last year, starting mid-June, I was using iOS 11.
But um, so anyway, with this this feature that you know, depending on the beta, you'll get at some point. Um, you can 3D touch, do not disturb, and control center, and you'll have some extra options that will let you extend do not disturb for an hour or until the end of an, an event. Like if you have something in your calendar that shows that you're at some sort of meeting, that will automatically turn off do not disturb once you leave that event. Or you could also do it when you leave this location. So that addressed what some people in the office wanted, where let's say you're at a school function or some sort of work meeting, you can quickly access that and have do not disturb turn off once you leave. So I thought that was pretty cool. I, to me, I felt like those were great additions, but a couple things I really wanted them to do for do not disturb, they didn't, was first of all, be able to have man controls on a day-to-day -day basis. Right now, you can control when it turns on and when it turns off, but you can't have a different schedule for the weekend than you have Yeah, that's so ridiculous. And that's bizarre to me. And it's weird that if they're addressing do not disturb that they didn't add that functionality. Uh, the other thing is location-based do not disturb is something we've been talking about that would be really awesome, uh, where if you get to work, it puts your phone on do not disturb, and you get home and it turns it off, that sort of thing. So they did some with do not disturb, but again, they there were things that seemed like no-brainers that they didn't do that much of, really. Yeah. Um, another interesting thing was notifications. I actually wanted to ask you your clarification on this because uh, I wasn't totally sure, but there was they talked about group notifications. Mm -hmm. And could uh, one of you guys clarify that a little bit? I wasn't. Yeah. Well, this is something. So we use Slack in the office, uh, and we have sometimes there'll be an inter office communication that you aren't necessarily that involved in. And then suddenly you'll look in your phone and you'll have my whole phone, I'll have like maybe. 50 message notifications for it. So now what it'll do for Slack, and like if you any message or any app that gives you notifications, it'll group those. So what you'll see on your notification screen, instead of showing all of those individual uh, notifications, it'll group them together and they'll say, you have 50 notifications and you can uh, click into it or tap into it to see all of them. They also gave you more uh, management controls for apps where you can say, don't bring up on my lock screen, but go send that notification directly to your uh, to your notification center, which was nice. Oh yeah, that is cool. And another thing they did with notifications that I liked a lot was um, they had it so that it will be more proactive. Because a lot of times what happens is, for me, I will give an app the right to send me notifications when I download it, and then I'll stop using it. And it'll for years and years will send me notifications for something that I don't need. And so now if you're not using the app, it'll proactively pop up and say, you don't, do you want, are you sure you want to continue using this as a notification? That'd be great. So David, what were uh, what was your favorite iOS 12 feature? <laughs> uh, I, I liked all the ones you guys said. Um, I would say, I'm going to say two. The first one was what they talked about up front, which was, I don't know if you'd call it a feature, but it sounded like they put a lot of attention in making iOS faster, mm -hmm. which really is needed. It feels like they they kind of played this interesting little game where they talked about how great the customer satisfaction was and then talked about how they were going to fix everything. Uh, <laughs> did you hear me being like, how did they measure that? Yeah, I know. We were all yeah. being snarky about it because in the office, we haven't really loved iOS 11. Uh, so I'm excited that they're going to fix, fix things. Um, and they talked about opening apps will be two times faster. And they had all these different metrics, which I can't remember now. Do you guys remember? And they, they were, were talking about how the, the, the iOS 12 should work well on different generations of phones. Like it shouldn't just yeah. work well on the latest iPhone, which right. I think is something that is a huge pain point for people. Mm -hmm. Is that every, every phone that can use iOS um, 11, except for they didn't talk about 5S. They started with well. iPhone 6 when they started talking about this. <laughs> but supposedly everything, uh, every phone that can use iOS 11 will be able to use iOS 12. And the example they talked about was um, iPhone 6 Plus, and they said apps will open 40% faster, the keyboard will open 50% faster, you can slide to take a photo 70% faster, um, and, and things like that. So, so yeah, and that then, was a big one for me because those little things drive me crazy. When you go yeah. to like take a photo and it takes uh, one to two seconds to load, it doesn't feel like one to two seconds doesn't sound like a lot of time. 
But sometimes you take a spontaneous right. photo, you miss the, the moment. Right. And like, if it takes like just one to two seconds every time you try to open up an app, we're opening up a lot of apps during the day. So to me, in general, my impression with iOS 12 is they focused on a lot of core improvements, which I'm excited about, this being a main one. Another thing that I really liked was shortcuts, mm. uh, yeah. which is basically you can use, it seemed like kind of a twofold thing where um, you can go in the app and you set up sh shortcuts and then you can have uh, set up a command with Siri so that you can have Siri do something uh, specific for you and you can do it for third-party apps as well as your app. So like, for example, third-party app integration with Siri uh -huh. is like, and well, you know, on the, with the Siri watch face. So I guess I'm getting ahead of myself is exciting. Yeah. Well, and I, for me, I mean, for example, I know I talk about this a lot on the podcast. I use Spotify and there's no Siri integration right now. Uh, and so being able to make, make my own custom integrations and not only that, but I have certain playlists that I made that I'll listen to a lot. Yeah. And so being able to set up not just like a standard integration, but have that integration be something that I can set up and say, play this specific playlist is really awesome. That's and you can combine right. things. So you can say, hey, Siri, I'm going home. And it can like adjust the temperature on my nest and turn on the lights and do all these things with within a whole bunch of different apps uh, is really awesome. And I have a HomePod and they said the shortcuts would work on your HomePod which really excited me. Yeah, they had a few examples that I thought were fun. Um, for instance, if, you have, have you, if you've heard of Tile, Tile is something that helps you find your keys. Mm -hmm. They had a, a one for that where you can say, where are my keys? And that will, you can find your uh, Tile that way. Help me relax to launch some sort of meditation app. Order my groceries. And that way you can immediately order like your, what your, whatever your usual order is for groceries and things like that. So those were just some exa like examples of practical applications for yeah. it that I thought sounded pretty cool. I'm pretty excited to create a thing for when I arrive at my gym to like have my you know usual playlist pop up and things like that. Um, but I think this is one of these features I might be really excited about and then never set up and use. Huh. I, I know. I do that every year where I'll get excited about a feature that I never use, but I'm really hoping this one I use. Uh, yeah. well, why don't we keep doing, go do one more round of iOS 12. And if you're yeah. listening live, if you guys want to post anything we missed or anything in particular that stood out to you for well, iOS 12. There's photos, there's AR kits. We haven't talked about AR kits. AR kit, I feel like we should definitely talk about. AR um, kit. Now I, a lot of people in the Facebook group, we did a, we were talking on the Facebook group. A lot of people tried to kind of call me out on this. I think that AR kit is something that I'm glad Apple's working on it because in the future, it'll be really exciting. Uh, they had a few exciting examples this year, but every year I'm, I kind of zone out during the AR kit part. About really, this, it definitely caught my attention more than usual. I'm usually in that camp, but um, so they announced a partnership with Pixar and a new file format for AR kit called USDZ. And they're saying that that way you can share augmented reality now through messages, mail, Safari, the files app, and that it was now something that would be just supported across iOS. And the, I, you know, for this was probably more exciting for developers because of the possibilities of what they can do with that. But for us, they did have more interesting demos than I thought than yeah. usual. Like one was the measure app. I, like I was excited about that one. Yeah, they showed through the camera viewfinder looking at a table and you can draw from one end of the table to the other with your finger and get the exact dimensions of that. Then also, you know, you can do that for both the height and also width of an item. And I, I think part of the reason this sounded exciting to me is I was I'm getting new curtains in my bedroom. And I spent <laughs> all this time like crawling over things, trying to measure my windows and get it just right. And so I think like there are a lot of practical applications in the home for something yeah, like that. Yeah, or furniture shopping. I, I just, moved, just moved, so yeah. I've been doing a lot of furniture shopping and be able to use augmented reality for that. Yeah, would have been awesome. So there are cool uh, applications, but yeah, somehow it's always like gamer. a very keynote thing, and I'm always sort of. I think it, it's one it. of those things that really depends on how the developers use it. Yeah, I'm not a big gamer because the other demos they had, they had one with Lego um, and that showed if you build an actual Lego house and then have, you know, open the yeah. Lego app and look through the viewfinder, the Lego world will like open up from there and then you can have multiplayer 
games from there of exploring different things within the Lego scene. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I could see that being cool for kids, but at the same time, I don't really know if the connection between having a real world Lego set and a game is anything more than a gimmick because it's like why not just play some cool multiplayer totally. game they I don't Lego, really understand. Lego video games <laughs> yeah so but I could see how at some point if you can create if you can like be moving through the real world and have this amazing looking immersive experience around you mm-hmm. playing with other people in a room like could be cool but mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel like it's quite there enough that I would get that excited about it but some, then again, I'm not a big gamer. We have someone commenting here. I hope AR Kit takes off. Hopefully, they can make it easier for average users to create with this. Yeah, and that's I agree. sort of my yeah. That that gets the heart of my complaint is it's like there's these there's cool use cases, but they're not things that the average user is doing on a daily basis. Um, yeah. One that stood out to me that we haven't covered is Apple really made a point of going in and redesigning a lot of their core apps, which I thought was really cool and long overdue. The podcast app got a redesign. Voice memos. Voice memos. Photos. They, I, I, I jokingly said in the Facebook group uh, that they basically took a lot of the features that Google Photo had. We just recently did a Google Photo workshop, and yeah. they just added them in the new tab. They just kind of. I mean, that's them all classic together. Apple, right? Oh, it's classic Apple. Yeah, but I'm happy about it. Uh, so, because if you're a photo user, why not steal from them? Um, and they also news. I think, oh no, news didn't get an update, but uh, news is getting integrated with the stock app, which is getting improved, which I'm happy about. Yeah, and that they would have sort of business news featured there for people. Yeah, it makes it a lot more useful. Well, and for years and years, this for the, for the stock app, uh, you know, Yahoo Finance has had this sort of thing where it's really useful. If you go and you, you look at a stock you invest in and you see it's down 10% that day, you want to read the news and find out why. And so having yeah. it within the app is really important. Seem very logical. Yeah. What about? Uh, oh, and they brought some of those apps to iPad. Like, uh, sorry to interrupt you, yeah, Sarah. Okay. Uh, the voice memos app. They, I didn't actually know that they didn't have it on the iPad because I've never tried to use it on the iPad. But I was like, yeah, they should have that. Um, and when it, was it the stocks app? It might have been the stocks app. Right. They also didn't have for the iPad. I think it's exciting because part of the reason they did this is for the universal apps, like apps that will work on Mac and iOS, mm-hmm. and so. As a first step, like this is what they're calling phase one. I think that's exciting um, to have yeah. those apps on everything. We have a comment here. If they make a version of photos that makes me look good, I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if this is exactly it, but I can't believe that we've gone this long in the podcast without talking about memojis. Well, I was trying to talk about them and Donna interrupted me. Oh, oh sorry. Okay, okay so go ahead. Are, we, like, are we pro memoji or? I was sitting there being yes. so snarky about all the new emojis and then I, I even posted on it in the Facebook group and then they're like, and we have memojis. And I'm like, oh man, that's cool though. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there are a lot of possibilities there for me to annoy my children. <laughs> so Sarah, do you want to explain what memojis are? Well, basically they're an an animoji of you. You, um, you know, if you've ever created a bitmoji, then you know, you know, you just go and you pick your like eye color and face shape and ears and hair, and then only it's animated like an animoji. So <laughs> then you can, yeah. I actually, I don't know if I'm wanting to admit this, but I use bitmojis. They're fun. So do I, I use bitmojis. And so and I think having Snapchat, the animated, that's yeah, like integrated in. Well integrated. So yeah. Although, can I tell you a sad story? Yeah. Yeah. So my teenager <laughs> told me that I was pretty, you know, not very cool for not having a bitmoji, and so she helped me set one up. And then apparently, in her Finsta, which is her fake Instagram, which is actually that's the Instagram that like only like her friends can see. But apparently, to spend a little bit longer to okay. describe this because this is a phenomenon that I was unfamiliar. Okay. With. So. Um, so, you know, Gen Z and younger millennials are very, very savvy about their online presence. And so they curate it very carefully. And on Instagram, because none of them use Facebook, they have their Instagram account, which is the one that as a parent or grandparent, you're allowed to see. And then they have what they call their fake Instagram account, which is called Finsta. And that's the one where they actually post all the pictures and comments that are very private, like the public, their public version of themselves, like is, you know, you don't get to see that. Oh, I thought your Finsta was the one that other people got to see. So yeah, well, no, your Finsta is the one. I'm so not cool. Yeah, you're not <laughs> cool, David. Don't worry, I'm not either. 
So yeah, so this old. this is a really long way to just say that like my daughter helped me set up a Bitmoji and then made fun of me in her Finsta. And I only know that because my other daughter told me. Oh, so man. don't let your kids help you set up your Bitmoji or your Animoji <laughs> or Memoji. That's the story. So that's funny. So Apple did announce a couple other new emojis too. Like there's a dragon now, I think, or some sort of. And there they was had a special tongue mapping. Koala. Oh yeah, before about you, that. Before you, can, you like, stick need out your to be tongue. able to stick out your tongue. I do not like. I don't use my tongue that much when I'm like talking to people. Like <laughs> the most clever use of an emoji so far that I heard was how uh, one of our coworkers, Leanne, asked her roommate to pick up some eggs on the way home from work as a chicken emoji. That's an emoji. Good. I'm like, that's pretty cute. We, we have a lot of effort to request eggs, though. We, we have a we have a listener commenting. Do you guys get the feeling that sometimes that it's eye candy and emojis, etc., that get new users to take their first look at iOS Mac? I, I like to call the, these sizzle features. These are kind of, it's a real estate term, but these are features that I think, to me, they're more for journalists than anything else. They, they're the ones that get all the attention in people covering these, but pe that as users, we we don't use very often. Yeah. And I think Animojis probably falls into that camp, although I don't really know the usage, but there's certainly a lot of those. Like if you remember a couple of years ago with messages, they had all this suite of new things where you could have like fireworks going while you did it and stuff like that and oh yeah. you can still do that i know you can but do you <laughs> sometimes i feel like a lot of apple's effects i would use a lot more if they weren't if they were worked better cross-platform yeah like if i can only send me emojis easily to other apple users and it's not easy to share on social media or whatever then i'm less likely to use it whereas bitmoji in it's incorporated in snapchat it's yeah. incorporated in my messages app so easily and i you know so i guess i guess with this some of that will depend on that but i feel like it's something it does tap me emojis tap in a little bit more into people's self-absorption because you can make it look yeah. like you and it's and I think, fun and it's fun so i feel like there's a chance it could take off in a bigger way there is something kind of funny though about i mean bitmojis are the same but about how you're taking what is an actual literal video of you and turning it into a fake video of you it's like we have the technology here we could actually do a real video oh yeah oh we forgot another really big one facetime yeah yeah FaceTime. Okay. we're gonna be using that at iphone like yeah Except for, Sarah, you know, the fact, okay, so group FaceTime, mm -hmm. it's pretty exciting. Um, you know, probably all of us at different times through work are doing like group video chats for meetings and stuff. Um, and also, you know, if you live far away from your family, that's a nice way to actually like be able to talk in a group. Um, but I'm also like, I kind of hate group messages. And now you can start group FaceTime calls through <laughs> group messages. And I'm just a little bit like, I don't want that. Yeah, mm. but it's like, I, I still feel like I, I use Skype pretty frequently for group calls or Slack. And I never mm -hmm. use FaceTime for it. So this to me feels like a really important feature for them to have. And you can add up to 30 people, 32, 32 people. Imagine That's the crazy. Meetings. Yeah, it's crazy. So you can have 32 participants now. And it's to me, it's one of those features. You're like, why haven't they done this so long ago? Mm -hmm. But um, one thing that sounds interesting about it is that you can use an emojis and memojis in there as well. So I would definitely do a group FaceTime that chat if they were memojis. Because for instance, <laughs> sometimes I have resistance to doing FaceTime calls with people because you just don't always feel camera ready. So, you know. <laughs> so you uh, put your memoji on instead. Put your memoji on and you're good but to your go. But your memoji is like always that. camera like, ready. You know <laughs> when I'm working from home and I come on to Slack during a meeting and, um, and I don't use my camera. Yeah, you don't want everyone to know. There's that a reason that I'm working in my pajamas. Yeah, you don't want everyone to know that you're like lying in bed with like your hair yeah. like all crazy. We've all called in for the morning meeting, not turning on the camera because we're still in our pajamas. Yeah, so uh, we have a really a valid user complaint though here that it, if it were cross-platform, they'd dump other video chats. So this is always the problem with Apple. It's a double-edged sword because on one hand you have all these native ways to use it that you don't have with other platforms like have Siri set of a FaceTime call, things like that. On the other hand, it's not cross-platform. And so if you have any friends who have Android or who use PCs, you can't do it. So it's tricky. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, and emojis are cross-platform. Cr 
cross-platform. You can send them to Android users, but that's not as useful as group calls. Um, we should probably move on to some other OSs, yeah, but think, is think, there yeah. anything else we should mention I'm just in iOS 12? Here. I feel like we covered the biggest highlights of I guess iOS 12. Before we move on, I'd like to ask you guys, overall, satisfied with announcement? Over, like Overall, what's your take on iOS 12? Are you excited? Are you happy? What they miss? I mean, there's not as many flashy features, but you know, I agree with our commenters and I agree with you, David, that actually the ones that are going to make the most difference is the stability, it's the speed, it's the like user experience improvements. And I think they did a lot of those. And when we didn't talk about third-party app support for CarPlay, which is another yeah. user experience thing that's going to be really important. Now, uh, to be fair, it's not all third-party apps. It's Google Photo, Waze, and one other one, I believe. But Waze is a big deal. Yeah, no, those are yeah. big deals. Those have been probably the most requested ones. I use Google. I said Google Photo. Google Maps, obviously. I use. <laughs> you Google. don't look at photos while you're driving. Yeah, right? it's really important while I'm driving to be able to use Google Photo. Uh, I use Google Maps, not Apple Maps, so I'm happy about it, especially when you can do shortcuts now, so you can actually hopefully use Siri to do this. Uh, but nonetheless, I would love to be able to have like a full third-party app store and let people develop apps for it and access whatever app I wanted from, from CarPlay. But yeah. I'm excited about it. They also, I was hoping they would spend more time on CarPlay because yeah. they didn't they announce- less than any, a minute. Yeah, they didn't announce any new features. They didn't announce any stability updates, which is really, really needed. It seems like it's a little bit of an afterthought, which is sad because if you're using your car, you use it like every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say when it comes to iOS 12, I'm just looking over our iOS 12 wish list earlier. A couple of months ago, we went through and all talked about what we were hoping to see. I I think that Apple did deliver with iOS 12, especially if they really do have the stability that they're promising. I feel like that's a great thing that they're focusing on, but they, you know, we don't know if that's going to be true until we can try it out on our own phones and see mm -hmm. for ourselves. Um, but I think that's really important. I can't even count how many friends of mine and, you know, with our interactions with all of you guys, uh, seeing just how many people are having problems with their phones. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that Apple, that that is true. Um, Siri, Apple did add features. That was something we were really wanting. Parental controls, while we don't have multiple users and we still really, really need that, I think that this is some, this is going to be really functional. Some of these new uh, features that let you control screen time, both for yourself and your kids. Mm -hmm. One thing that I was really hoping to see that I didn't was improvements with iCloud photo sharing. Um, yeah. That's a, something that still feels half-baked, and I'm sad that Apple didn't do anything about that. And then what's they interesting- They talked about proactive photo sharing, but it was hard to know if it was actually better. Yeah, I know. They didn't get into enough details for me to feel like that was very promising. Yeah. Um, one thing that's interesting is they, they just put so much attention on the iPad last year and they just like completely, they didn't have anything special. They didn't even mention it. I know. I literally don't yeah. even know that if they said the word iPad. They yeah. did. They're like, and this will also be on your iPad. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, just, mean besides bringing like stocks <laughs> and voice memos to the iPad, there wasn't really anything special for the iPad. Yeah. Um, which I still feel like even though the features last year were cool for the iPad, it's, it hasn't made it enough of a of a macbook replacement yet yeah. but overall i feel like ios 12 was really impressive to me that was the most impressive part of the announcement i mean we'll get into all the other stuff no now. that was like half the announcement was just ios yeah my, yeah my two cents I, I i agree i think with ios 12 apple hit it out of the park i think it was great i think they you know we talked about these kind of sizzle features and they had a couple of them but most a lot of other announcements i feel like most of it's that it's mostly fluff here, it felt like they really focused on core pain points for people and improved them. Yeah. The, the core app functionality, overall user stability, working on older phones. Tongue uh, detection with animals. Tongue detection is so important. <laughs> such a pain point of mine. No, uh, but they, I, I mean, overall, it felt like most of the things they talked about were really trying to solve problems for people as opposed to just be like fluffy marketing pieces. Yeah. Right. Watch OS 5. Yeah, Watch OS 5. So Watch OS 5, I feel like there wasn't as much to report on. No. Um, with fitness, uh, they did have some new fitness features. One of them is that you can now challenge other Apple Watch users to a seven-day competition uh, to see who gets in most move points. Uh, over that period of time, so and they had this—they had this poor executive come on stage and like pedal on her bike 
while it's, giving a presentation. It's got to be stressful enough to give a presentation in front of millions of people, let alone do it on a stationary bike. That was impressive. <laughs> yeah. Apple spent some time talking about how they've logged like 90,000 hours of testing sessions to really hone in on like the accuracy of the Apple Watch data and all that. And I mean, with some of that, it's hard to know. They had you know, yoga tracking. How accurate that they've is. Always, they've but had yoga tracking. Do they improve it? Because they've they had, had it, it as like a you could name an other workout yoga, but now it's actually its own type. Yeah. Like weren't you didn't you usually log yoga as other, Sarah? No, I mean I log it as yoga. Maybe I named log it. Log it as yoga and name it other. Or, uh, or yeah, no, you've yeah. made it. Log it other and name it yoga. <laughs> I don't know. It's there's an option now, but maybe that's just because I do it all the time. Yeah. I think it's because you did a workaround that mm -hmm. workaround, but so they added yoga and they added hiking, was it? Hiking. Um, we have notes here that we can. I mean, hiking is a little bit more strenuous than an outdoor walk. Yoga and hiking. Before. Yeah, they, they added. Were you overall? Oh, and, I... and you can track your cadence. So if you're yeah, running too, so you can tell if you're going above the, or below the The running features, they're finally kind of catching up to the, there's a lot of fitness trackers that really specialize in for runners and so yeah, there's like cadence tracking and there's, you can, you know, the rolling, like average pace, you can see how, you know, and, and it will alert you, you know, if you're not keeping up to your, you know, your goal pace. And so that's really cool. Um, can we talk about walkie talkie features and how wrong that is? Yeah, yes. So there's a walkie talkie feature. This is an app on your Apple watch that lets you talk directly to other Apple watch users and you can be connected to Wi-Fi or within Bluetooth range of your phone. So that means that if, you know, if you've ever connected with your phone to a Wi-Fi network somewhere else and you're with your Apple Watch without your phone in that area, then you can still use this feature, which is kind of nice. But the problem with it is that if you can be bombarded at any time by another <laughs> Apple Watch using yeah. friend who just it's wants so to talk annoying. to you. It's so annoying. Can you imagine just having somebody be able to start speaking to you through your Apple Watch yeah, anytime they terrible. want? That's yeah. my nightmare. We're yeah. concerned. <laughs> okay, I did like, um, you know, the Siri watch face enhancements because, you know, all the shortcut stuff is actually like can be you know, like used through that. I've never really used the Siri watch face before. I kind of prefer, I have a kind of workout activity app, heavy watch face instead. So I'm kind of thinking I will try that. I'm also- So what were the, what, what was different about the watch face? Um, well, there's just a lot more interaction, you know, cause you can access all of those shortcuts. And so you'll get like smart suggestions based on what you usually do and, and based on the shortcuts that you've set up. Hmm. Um, so that could be very useful. Um, what about, I can't decide if I'm going to love or hate the fact that um, you all you have to do to activate Siri from now on is just raise your wrist. So that was only, I think, if you had the Siri watch face, right? I don't no? know. I couldn't figure that one out. I'm not I sure. I think it was for everyone, honestly. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure you'll be able to turn that off, but... Um, it's like, I don't think I'd want that because a lot of times I lift my wrist simply to look at the time. Yeah, you're constantly like yeah, moving your hand. It seems like it could go really wrong. <laughs> or it seems like you could like raise your wrist and nothing would happen and that would be annoying too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know about that one. But um, I mean, honestly, was there anything else that stood out to you guys? The podcast app. Five? Okay, you guys have been asking for the podcast app on the watch. And now yeah, you can have that's, it. True. that's true. I'm happy about that. I would say, okay. Oh, just, reader mode where available. That was cool. Cause so if you, if you send somebody a link and a message, yeah, now like you that. can like, you can read a lot more on your, on your watch. You'll see get, if like, it's a, worth pulling your phone out for. Yeah. Well, and it does happen to me all the time where I get, uh, I get a lot of tech. I'll check my text messages on my Apple watch. And if somebody sends me a link, you, then you have to take out your phone, which sort of defeats the whole purpose of the Apple watch. Yeah. So I think anything they, they I liked it how they did it where they don't have a full web browser because it'd be dumb to browse the web on your Apple Watch, but you can view links so you can at least see what it is. Yeah. So that's for both email and the messages app. You they have in integrated web content. One other thing is that was interesting is interactive notifications that you can respond within a notification. Mm -hmm. That's mean. I mean, you can already do that. I mean, uh, I respond to messages. Them. You can, but some, a lot of times you have to tap into it to do it to respond. I don't know. Uh, 
I have a friend on uh, my fitness pal who we like each other's workouts and I can respond to like, they'll be like, like your friend's workout. And I can mm. do that right from my watch. So, so they must just be doing that on a larger scale with more apps now. There I were quite so. a few things that, to be honest, they announced as features where I was like, I'm pretty sure that was a feature. They'd had that for Matt, uh-huh. we're getting ahead of ourselves, but they had like this view where you could like have large photos. And then I'm like pulled up carousel mode on my app, on my Mac. And I was like, it, Mm-hmm. looks exactly the same overall yeah. i would say apple in my opinion hit out of the park with ios 12 and really did almost nothing anywhere else like i don't <laughs> none of these are impressive to me home pod they literally didn't mention i mean no. they, they said it once for the shortcuts which i'm happy to hear shortcuts work with home pod but i can't believe that they haven't done an update for home pod i can't believe we don't have a cheaper home pod maybe yeah, they're trying to continue making series smarter we have a question from Sylvester here. Is reader mode on the app, on the watch dependent upon the site supporting it? No, I don't yes. think so. <laughs> uh, we have a yes and a no. Well, because you can't have reader mode unless the site supports it. Like homepages never support it. Um, so if someone sent you a link just to a site's homepage, it wouldn't work. No, I, well, okay. So I think uh, Sylvester is using the term reader mode, but I, I think I think that Sylvester just means that when you tap, like, can you view it from your Apple Watch? And I think you can view any page from yeah, your Apple Watch regardless of whether or not it's supported. It that may or may not show up well. very well. Like All right, if it has so, but flash, it, won't, it won't look good. It will only more, use reader, but, it'll, but it will use reader mode if available. Okay. Um, so, so what's our verdict on that? I think our verdict is that it will default to reader mode if that's available, but otherwise you'll see just the regular site, mobile site, yeah. otherwise. Um, okay, so what do you think about the student ID thing? I feel like this is a ploy to get all the college students eventually to buy Apple Watches. I mean, So you have to explain what yeah. that is. <laughs> okay, so um, basically you can use your, at right now at just a few campuses, a few colleges, you can use your Apple Watch as once you get watch OS 5 as like a digital student ID. So any part of the campus and any service that you would access on campus using your student ID, you can just use it with your Apple Watch. I, mm. I love the idea. Like I love Apple Pay. I love being able to go without my wallet. Um, so I think it's a great idea. I think that likely just like Apple Pay, it'll take a long time for universities to roll it out if they ever do. So I was really happy not that, to see my daughter's university on that list because I... You didn't want to have to buy an Apple Watch? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. We got anything else? Thoughts on Oh, you can Watch customize Control Center. See, these small things that they just briefly yeah, mentioned, I think they're going to be like the most interesting thing. Yeah. Being able to customize yeah. your Control Center is important. Yeah. But I would say I overall agree with your assessment, David, that with... With the Apple Watch, there were there was nothing really to write home about. It was yeah, it was you know, not exciting. There are some little improvements that'll make your experience a little better, but nothing groundbreaking. Okay, so you know what really disappointed me? What? What? So on your Apple Watch, um, when you you can set a default workout playlist, and so anytime you start a workout, if you are using the audio on your watch, like you don't have your phone with you, that that playlist will automatically start playing. And you can work around this by starting to play a different playlist ahead of time. If You don't want to listen to that one, but I want to be able to assign different playlists to different workouts and have them default start playing because the playlist you use for running is not the same one you're going to use for yoga. And, and so I'm disappointed that I don't have that. Yeah, that is disappointing. Silly. So, you know, just wrapping this up, watch OS 5, a little bit disappointing. Before we move into Apple TV, which we'll be talking, we want to talk about that. And also we want to get go over Mac OS briefly with you guys. Really? I want to first tell you about our second sponsor, uh, Full Contact. And by you tell tell them you mean I want to tell I'm them. like, <laughs> I want to tell you about it as I eyeball David. I want to David tell to tell you about, you about it. it. <laughs> so not surprisingly, one of the apps that Apple did not choose to update was the Contacts app. And I don't I don't know if they've ever updated it. Uh, and they should because it's not very good. Fortunately, Seriously? they had we have full contact who stepped up and they have a great contact management system syncs between all your platforms. So unlike Apple, you could use it with your PC, with your Android, but even if you're all iPhone, it's really powerful, robust platform, gives you a lot more management tools, and they have this really awesome tool that they will import your 
uh, contact info from business cards. And it's a, that part's a free service and it's each business card is checked by a person. So we like to call this the contacts app that Apple should have made. So mm -hmm. check, uh, you can go to iphonelife.com slash podcast and we'll link to it, or you can go to the app store and search for full contact. Yep. And just a quick one of our own plugs before we move into the Apple TV also. If you aren't already aware of it, we have a premium service called iPhone Life Insider. And when you sign up, you get daily video tips teaching you cool things you can do on your phone. You get guides. We just came out with an Apple Watch guide that teaches you how to go over like, all the main features of how to use your, your watch. because it's a, it's a different interface than your iPhone and iPad and you want to learn how to use it. We have Ask an Editor so you get personalized tech help. If you have some sort of strange problem with your device and you're not finding the answer easily, you can email in and we'll give you individualized uh, help with that problem. So go to iphonelife.com slash insider to sign up for that. So next up, we want to talk about the Apple TV. Uh, I want to do one more quick okay. plug because we've been talking about a lot in the Facebook group. We were yes. we did a, a watching party. So we sat there and live commented during the event and uh -huh. interact with all you all. It was really fun. If you're not part of the Facebook group, it's awesome. It's a great place to keep the conversation going. If you have any questions, uh, you can pose them to the group and you get quick answers, either you know tech help or apps or gear or whatever. It's a really great place. So make sure you check it out. We'll link to it in iphonelife.com slash podcast, or you can go to Facebook and search for, I think it's iPhone Life Group, correct? Yes, the iPhone Life Group. IPhone Life yeah. Group. Okay. So you just search that in the search bar, you'll find us. So with tvOS, uh, the biggest updates from what I could tell was that they now have support for Dolby Atmos. Mm -hmm. And they also added some new networks to the TV app. Uh, and that was that was pretty much it besides some cool new aerials. What did you <laughs> I mean I mean the aerials, don't sleep on those aerials yeah, yeah. though. They're great. That's true. Um, well, the quickly Dolby with the aerials. Deal. Quickly with the aerials, we'll just talk about that. Um, you know how with this the uh, sleep screen of the, or it's not the sleep screen, but the like, yeah, it's basically screen. the screensaver. The screensaver for the Apple TV usually is cool aerials. They now have one taken from the space station, the International Space Station. So it's like this amazing earth view and they have both nighttime views and daytime. And it was really gorgeous. The other thing they did, which is seems like such a small feature, but I'm really happy about is you can now tap a button and they'll tell you what it is you're looking at. I yeah, can't tell you how many like, hours I've spent because sometimes what I'll do if I'm just hanging out I'll, I'll have that on as I'm like just sitting around hanging out with my friends with some music whatever and uh I still can't tell you how many hours I spent speculating on what it was I was looking at yeah <laughs> so the fact that it'll tell you is really exciting Sarah do you want to tell us about Dolby Atmos okay well this is actually something that I believe they promised with uh tvOS 11 so it's exciting that they finally came through with it with her tvOS 12. <laughs> Um, and basically, it, Dolby is like kind of the best surround sound technology there is. And so, and a lot of other, uh, you know, people offer it. So it's kind of ridiculous that we didn't have that. So now, um, now if you have a Dolby Atmos um, compatible soundbar, then you can enjoy that, you know, really great, uh, completely immersive surround sound. And, um, and also, um, yeah, so actually they say they're the only one that's Dolby Vision certified and Dolby Atmos certified. So maybe I'm wrong that other people have it, but it's definitely been something that people have been wanting for a long time and Apple has promised, but hasn't come through for a while. So it's exciting that we have it. And all previously purchased supported titles will be upgraded for free to Dolby. So if you've purchased other mm -hmm. things in the past. And I think this was true last year too, but because um, we got 4K last year with Apple TV. Which is, that is huge. That was huge. Um, and the, as before, they say anything you've purchased in the past, if you get this Apple TV, anything that iTunes has that supports 4K will be automatically upgraded as well. Mm -hmm. And Apple was bragging about how they have the largest collection of 4K HDR movies now. 
all as well. I don't so have I do a 4K TV, do you? I just got one and I'm pretty obsessed with it. Oh. Although I will say I watched Black Panther this weekend and they didn't have it in 4K. And no. Was you could Aww. buy Was it movie. your first time seeing Black Panther? Yeah. It's loved awesome, it. Right? They, uh, you could buy the movie in 4K, but you couldn't rent it in 4K. And I was so sad because I just had gotten it in 4K TV. Um, but what I was going to say, which I'm trying to remember now. Oh, <laughs> Apple hyped up their like live TV options so much and i think they're really bad <laughs> i don't think apple has a great live tv selection i don't think they do a good job kind of having a cable solution um, no. except for the fact that they they support third-party apps that do a good job with it like hulu seems to do a pretty good job of it uh and so does like dish and direct tv are now doing it but apple is trying to present themselves as the solution and i don't think they do a good job yeah for instance like with sports they're saying they're, that they added a bunch of sports coverage, but yeah. I don't even know what they meant by that. Like now they have more providers that you can access through their TV oh. app. Like, well, if you're in Switzerland, you can watch like tennis live, right? <laughs> tennis live. Yeah, there you go. If you're in Switzerland, uh, we have a we have a listener saying I'm a big fan of YouTube TV. You're the second person who's told me that this week. I've heard big things on YouTube TV. My husband's obsessed with really? YouTube TV. That's because for a long time we kept cable specifically because he's a big sports fan. Yeah, that's why. So it was cable. worth it for that, but it was super expensive. And now just through it with the YouTube, uh, with the YouTube TV app, he can access everything. Really? That's great. And yeah. do they have an Apple TV? Can you do it through Apple TV? Apple, yeah, through Apple that's TV. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So that's a good option, but um. Yeah, I know. I hate like again. I feel like now both with WatchOS five and with Apple TV, we're basically like wah wah. Like, yeah, I mean, but, the, it's not like the things they announced are bad. It's just they aren't. Given that we get typically one large operating system announcement per year, these yeah. feel like you know this should have been like WatchOS. 4.2 or something. Do you kind of feel well, like all the sort of features they sort of intended to have in iOS 11 and watch OS 4 and tvOS 11, they just kind of were like, finally, like just gave them to us? I think, I think basically they spent the year cleaning this is up like iOS the makeup 11. year. Like that. Yeah. I they mean, spent the year cleaning up all the ways they messed up last year and all their operations, which is great. It's better they did that than move mess. forward on an unstable iOS operating 11 system. was the worst it was a mess. update yeah. I've ever put on my phone. Yeah, so iOS I'm happy about mess, that. So we're happy about that. And also, I just wonder, like last year was such a big year for Apple with the release of the iPhone 10, and it was their 10-year anniversary of the iPhone. And I just wonder if they're like sitting back <laughs> a little bit this year. Yeah, I mean, like, the laurels. There was no hardware that came out this time to either? I think, uh, to be fair, even though I eventually bought into these rumors because I kept hearing them so often, I feel like we have hardware rumors for WWDC every single year and that they never, never do true. them. And right. so I'm going on record this year, no matter what the rumors are, I am not believing okay, hardware in WWDC. Sometimes really? they announce hardware, but they release it in September, but they only announce it so the developers can develop things for it. Yeah, for its yeah that's like, true. But for HomePod, I mean, they announced that at WWDC yeah. last year. Okay. And they uh, announced like, the first I, Apple Watch I at was, WWDC. Yeah. I think they typically do it for new device categories Actually, they because they... It was in the spring, though. Right, yeah. Well, I think what they do is for new device categories, what they want to do is they want to announce it before they start manufacturing it, because once they start manufacturing it, you get the leaks. Like, we all saw the leaks of all the new... Right. So unless it's a totally new device category, which this year was not, this year was a new iPad Pro. Well, but with the iPad Pro with Face ID, wouldn't they have the same manufacturing problems with like this, the small bezels and all that? Yeah, but I think they're just dealing with it. I think in the fall, I think they'll announce an iPad Pro in the fall. So it's, do you think this means this will be like a really like, because it used to be just like the iPhone and then maybe like an iPad announcement or something, but it seems like this September is going to be a super hardware heavy thing, or they're going to go back to the September and then October announcement. I think yeah. that they're going to do what, at least the rumors I've heard is it's going to be not <laughs> a major iPhone refresh. I think they're going to really focus on the iPad and do one event, but this is totally speculation and not. Yeah. Knows. So to just wrap up what the, the coverage was today, we haven't talked about Mac OS Mojave. I think mm -hmm. we just wanted to talk uh, tell you guys about a couple highlights of that since we don't all usually get that into the desktop. But then I think we should end by like, you know, what did we think hardware wise that we were going to get that we didn't mm -hmm. um, and just share our final thoughts. Cause uh, I, I wanted to talk about Mac OS Mojave cause I was kind of excited about the dark mode that they announced. I, I like the stacks. 
Yeah, it doesn't My seem home like that gonna be great. big of a deal. But basically, <laughs> they created a really attractive looking dark mode so that when you're using your device in a darker setting, it's easier to use. Or, I mean, I think it would still be. Some people are probably just going to prefer it uh -huh. even in brighter settings. Um, and that what it wasn't, it was like integrated into all of the iPhone apps. Mm -hmm. So you would get that in the photos app, in your email, all that yeah. sort of thing. I definitely like that for dark settings. I've definitely like in my room, sometimes I'll like have to do some work and it'll be dark and I'll open it up and it'll just be like the Stab bright light you just in the stabs eyes. you in the <laughs> eye. So I, yeah. a dark mode, I'm, I, I think it has a purpose. I would say not that we cover Mac that much, but it similarly was not a major upgrade. It was yeah. a yeah. very light upgrade. Now, I will say, especially because we mostly cover iOS stuff, the exciting thing that they announced that's apparently still a couple of years away is uh, that they will, they're going to begin porting or allowing you to use iOS apps on your Mac. Right, universal apps. So. Which is really cool. And especially because another interesting thing with that. Sorry, go ahead, Sarah, explain it before I move on. Okay, so I guess there's, um, I can't find the specificness. Okay, here it is. So there's like, um, there's two UIs and there's the one for developing iOS apps and there's the one for developing Mac apps. And so what they've done is they've taken the iOS UI and kind of added that to the Mac UI with certain with like keyboard capabilities and trackpad capabilities and things like that so that developers can eventually start developing apps that will work universally on a Mac and on an iPhone. Mm -hmm. And um, and they themselves in phase one have taken some of these stock iOS apps like stocks and home, home and, news. And, and news and voice memos. Voice memos. Um, to, to as sort of the beginning and then in the future developers would, will be able to do it. Um, I think that's pretty exciting, but yeah, it's it's gonna be a while before we really benefit from that. Mm -hmm. There were some new uh, continuity features that I thought were cool. Yeah. Um, you know, better integration between the Mac and your phone for photos mm -hmm. um, and document scanning. Mm -hmm. And what else? There were some other, like the tracking stuff, you know, they, they talked about it for the first time in, um, as far as like Macs go, but it, they then they said that this would work with iOS too, I think, which is, um, you know, they, they made it so harder for websites to track you last year. And, but, you know, anytime, any site that I guess has like commenting or liking, you know, they're basically talking about Facebook. Um, and, you know, can track you still. And, and there was another thing that lets them track you too. Oh, yes, they can basically create a unique fingerprint of your device based on how it's configured and what fonts you used. And so they've made it so that um, basically they kind of make your Mac appear to those data companies as very similar to other Macs. So it's harder for them to like really identify your unique device. And so that's really great. Yeah, I was really happy that Apple put that in there just because it, it, it was an opportunity with WWDC with after everything with Facebook to like reassert themselves as being on the user side of privacy mm -hmm. and protecting our privacy. Um, and I'm happy that Apple is taking that stance because clearly um, <laughs> yeah. Facebook and Google have uh, no, not been doing no. a good job of that. No. Can I oh. tell you what feature I think was a very small feature but i'm really excited about yes favicons for safari so favicon is the little icon in the tab so if you have a bunch of tabs open you can see each website will have its own unique little icon right uh -huh. and safari got rid of them for some reason and and so i had to, like i tend to have a bunch of apps open and i tend to know which one to navigate to to based on the favicon and so I stopped using Safari and I've been using Chrome for years now. And I don't know if I'll switch back because I'm Just pretty, well, <laughs> to me, I mean, I actually, because Chrome has been a little bit bloated lately in terms of not being particularly, having too much software and not being very fast. So I've been thinking about switching, but that's the thing that held me back. So <laughs> I might do it. We'll see. But I'm definitely excited that they added that back in. And it was funny that they made a point of announcing such a small feature. Cool. Okay. Do you know what else they talked about? What? what? They addressed the "Are you merging iOS and Mac yeah, OS?" Yeah, I was. Gonna and they actually no. did like a big like no yeah. like slide Rings on the screen. I know. <laughs> They're like because 
you use those devices differently and want to. And so we're going to keep it this way. But but they are, I mean, like the universal apps is a little bit of emerging. They're trying, yeah. basically they're a little bit, and I, I, we had a disagreement in the office about it. I kind of think they should merge them, but I seem to be in the minority of that. They're kind of trying to have their cake and eat it too, in terms of have the benefits of merging them, in terms of having continuity features and having uh, the features of universal apps while still maintaining the integrity of Mac OS ver versus iOS, but who knows? Yeah. Um, so that pretty much wraps up our coverage of all the software. I just quickly wanted to go around and just address the fact that there what like we said, there were no hardware updates. And when we talked in our rumor roundup about the uh, announcement, we were expecting potentially an iPad Pro with Face ID and slim bezels and also studio pods and AirPods. Mm -hmm. um, Studio pods are going to be over-the-ear headphones from Apple, and the AirPods we expected to have ones that you can wirelessly charge. Uh, and so we didn't see any of that. Um, we didn't I'm see an updated iPhone SE either. Yeah, yeah. We, I'm hoping in the fall. That's interesting that David is saying that it's supposed to be a smaller iPhone announcement year. I also, the rumors that we've seen showed that we'll probably get like three iPhones that are all more iPhone 10 type designs uh hmm. with face id and but there would be like one more lower end one one that's like enormous and but yeah so not hugely different than than what we got uh with the iphone 10. so that that would make sense if they're not like coming out with some big new design that potentially they would put more effort into their other releases with the ipad and maybe they'll also have the AirPods and Studio Pods in the fall. I, I mean, I know personally, we've talked about this in the office. This is the first year where I have updated my phone every year since we, since I have been running this company. And this year, depending on what's announced, I'm contemplating skipping it because I really want both the new, the new iPad with the edge display and the HomePod, or not HomePod, the um, AirPods. And so I think Personally, I, I'm expecting it to be kind of a light year because it is so much last year and the iPhone 10 I love. So yeah. we'll see. It'll be interesting. Sarah, were you disappointed by the lack of hardware? Um, not really. I wasn't really expecting. I was, you know, it'd always be nice to get something cool and new, but I wasn't really expecting anything. Right. Well, I think that wraps up our coverage for WWDC. Thank you guys all for tuning in. We'll be having more coverage uh, at leading up to the fall announcement and we'll be teaching you how to use iOS 12. So we'll be here for you. Uh, and, um, and yeah, do you guys have any final parting words to add? No, it was a fun day. Apple, I think, did a great job. And thanks everyone for both being with us during the event and tuning in afterwards uh, and stay tuned for all the tips and t tricks and everything as the, these operating systems come out. Yep. Thanks everyone. Bye. Bye.